Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the Top 10 Recovery Podcast, The Betrayed, the Addicted, and the Expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible, even when life does not go as planned. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing, and freedom, no matter how messy life gets. Each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. Today's podcast, we are talking about how to empower parents with the tools to stop bullying in schools. And I have my guest, who is an expert in this topic, Rebecca Bird. And I got to know Rebecca because we both signed up to go to Susie School in Scottsdale, Arizona this year. And we went there as women business owners saying, mm-hmm. hey, we're here's our message and we want to be able to help more people. And so it's fun to connect with like-minded. We may have very different end goals, but the, the overall goal is to help women and men mm-hmm. make change. And yes. Rebecca has a heart of gold. And whenever she spoke, it was always filled with passion. And so I know that the work that she does um, with her team and her husband is work that is worth listening to. And that's why she's mm-hmm. here today, because I want you as listeners to be able to help um, spread her message as well. So Rebecca, tell us a little of who you are, your little bio, and then I want to hear your story. Thank you, Ashlyn. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Um, I am actually from Stewart, Florida, and I am wife and mom to three amazing, not so little boys anymore. Um, I am a 30 year chronic illness survivor. That is a big part of my story. But my husband and I in 2001 launched an anti-bullying nonprofit. We wrote a musical called Speak Life and Bullying the Musical and started touring schools all over the country, impacting about 375,000 students in our first 15 years. In 2021, we turned that live production into an on-demand film. Now, the fight against bullying in schools can happen in any school at any time, anywhere in the country. And we could not be more thrilled for this next adventure as we bring this film and program to schools all over the country. And we can't wait to have everyone involved in the process. Hmm, I love that. This is a really good example of the after effects of COVID, right? Yes. Of here, it changed your way of doing business and spreading your message, and it's for the better, right? Yes, absolutely. We had looked for years for what can we do to get this to more schools. Every school we were in, every principal we spoke to would lead to another school that wanted us and another school that wanted us. And we used to tour with 40 performing artists, and it was a big production to take on the road. It was like touring with a Broadway show. And when COVID hit and of course, school assemblies shut down completely, (laughs) Uh, there was no opportunity to be with kids. And so we really started to scramble. We had thought for years about another way to do this, but this was like, okay, we need a solution. And that is what opened the door to the film. Love it. Okay. So tell me, I know a little of your story, but I would love for our listeners to understand why this even matters to you. Why bullying? Why are you taking it to schools? How did this start? Um, And then we'll talk about what it is. Yes. Well, 
it's it's interesting because when we first started, my husband and I knew that um, young people, really specifically middle schoolers and high school schoolers were our passion. We wanted to do anything and everything that just brought them hope and gave them tools and allowed them to know that they were not alone. I think that's what kids need to know the most is that we're willing to come alongside them. We're willing to hear their stories. We're willing to walk with them through the journey because it's, it's not easy. Middle school and high school are some of the hardest years of our life. And so we were always looking for new tools, but one day we kind of stumbled into a meeting that we didn't anticipate would be a life-changing meeting. And at that time, we were just listening to a small audio clip um, from the presenter in the meeting of a gentleman named Frank Preddy. And he had written a book um, and it was a story of his own life from his childhood. And he had some crazy like disfigurements in his body, like a hump on his shoulder and an oversized tongue. And he went through elementary and middle school being horribly ridiculed. And the story, I mean, I think there was probably 30 of us sitting in that meeting, and I don't think there was a dry eye when the story was done. And we turned to the gentleman that was leading the meeting and we said, we feel like we can't walk out. Like we have to do something about this. And he looked back at us and he said, well, you are the artist, go do something about it. And literally it was like the challenge of our lifetime. And we went back, we had a very small staff that we worked with at the time. And we sat down and we wrote the very first rendition of Speak Life and Bowling the Musical. And this was probably less than a year following Columbine. So the conversation of bullying was not the conversation that it is today. And so launching this into really any environment was sort of a strange thing. It wasn't a topic that we were really talking about that much. So we started to just kind of tour with it. Anybody who would watch anywhere where we could get an audience, we toured with it, we performed it. And what we found is that it wasn't just resonating with young people, but we were finding that everything from small elementary school students all the way up to sitting and talking with someone who was in their 70s, and they were relaying stories back to us about when the bullying happened, what that person looked like, the words that were spoken to them, and how it changed the actual outcome of their life. And I think that's when we knew that we were onto something that was so much deeper than just like one small topic. This was something that resonated in people and actually changed the outcome of their life. That's how important these middle school and high school years are. And so we started literally knocking on school doors being like, hey, we're this tiny little production company. Could we come in and you know do an assembly? And at the time there wasn't much out there on bullying. And so they let us through the door and one school led to another. And 15 years later, we were being featured at first the Indiana State Conference for Bullying and Violence Prevention, then the International State Conference for, for Bullying and Violence Prevention. We had more requests than we could have ever met as one small company. And I mean, it just took off. It was something that we didn't expect. And I think, I know we'll probably talk about this a little more, but there's something that is so special and so unique about the power of story when it is given to people through the power of the arts. And I think that's what we saw begin to resonate with students as we told these four stories of these four characters in the show. And we connected that to music that resonated in their heart. And we started to connect to that little place inside of each of us that's kind of burst with empathy when we start to hear and understand somebody's story in a brand new way. Mm -hmm. And then we started to see shift in these kids. And it has just, it has been life-changing. It's been the reason why we couldn't stop. It never made us any money. <laughs> in fact, it was incredibly hard to do. Um, but that didn't matter because when you sit in front of a student who says, this was the weekend that I was gonna take my life, and had this not come to my school, I don't know if I would have been here next week. Mm. 
those are stories that will keep you fighting every single day. And that's what we've tried to do to make sure that this message was available to every student in every school. I love all of that. And I, I think I resonate a lot with what you say when you put story into the arts, it's hard not to feel mm -hmm. it. And two, for me, I think it's hard not to relate in some way, mm -hmm. even if it's like, oh, I was never bullied. You know, someone who was bullied, you know how it affected them and their self-esteem or how they showed up in life and reacted, those types of things. Um, I see it with my children and I have dealt with it with teachers and principals and students. And um, I think it's probably affecting everyone who's listening in some way. Yes. Like, how are we missing it, right? Um, yes. And the fact that you didn't make money doing it just shows the passion behind it. Um, yeah. That's, this is the podcast, the Betrayed the Addicted to the Expert. We did that for three years before we gave any option to actually purchase anything. It was just like, we're just going to give because yeah. this is what I wish I had had. Yes. You know, as a younger version of me. And that's exactly what you're doing is you're affecting lives in such a positive way. And um, yeah, like how, yeah. how can we not? Exactly. That, and I think that's how my husband and I felt. We thought, you know, it, this is the kind of work that I feel like we were all put here to do. We were here to do things that change people's lives. And that can be so simple. And I think we learned as we wrote these stories and saw these stories resonate with students that it, when we started out, it, it wasn't as simple as speak life. I don't think we had those two words to put together and say, okay, that's what it is. But as we saw it grow and as we saw students really take hold of the truth that our words are powerful, that our words, when they land on somebody else, when they land on a peer, they have the power to actually change the outcome of their life. So every time we open our mouth, we have the choice. We're going to speak life over somebody or we're actually going to speak death over somebody. And mm -hmm. it's a choice that we each make every time our mouth opens. And I think when we start to actually understand when our brain resonates with the power of our words and the power of what we say, we begin to see that, wow, not so much, hey, I need to watch what I say because it could hurt someone, but wow, what could I say that could actually change the outcome of yeah. someone's life today? Could it, maybe when I walk down the hallway and I see a girl and she's obviously taken time to wear that pretty outfit and do her hair nicely, maybe I could not just think, wow, she looks beautiful today. Maybe I could say it. <laughs> and maybe that's exactly what she needs to hear and it could be that simple. And I think as students start to realize that it's not complicated, like you actually have power. And I feel like students feel, especially since 2020, such a loss of control, such a loss of power. I think all of our kids felt that in 2020. They felt like their lives were sort of out of control. Everybody else was telling them whether they could see their friends, not see their friends, go to school, not go to school, go to events, go to parties, see family. Mm -hmm. So much was ripped away from them. And I think that at the essence of that was just control over their daily life. Like they just lost all of it. And I think when we start to speak this message to students, we empower them with the truth that your teachers are not actually gonna change this. Your principals are not gonna change this. Unfortunately, even as parents on a peer-to-peer -peer level, we're not gonna change this. We, however, can give the tools. When we give those tools, our kids have the power in their hands to change the outcome, not just of their own life, because when we speak life over somebody else, we actually speak life over ourselves. And we may be watching their life change, but we're actually watching our own life change in the, mm -hmm. in the same moment. It it's it's so powerful. It's different energy in order to give someone 
you know, a cheerleader moment or yes. compliment or gratitude, it feels and hits different than when we go to judgment or keeping it inside yes. or speaking hate or death, like you said. Yes. Um, I hope the the listeners are feeling what I feel because I I hear it. Um, I hear you talking about it and I'm like, yeah, like immediately, like, when can I show this to my kids? How can I show this to their friends? How can I do this? Um, there is passion in what mm -hmm. you're doing because it is affecting people. And I do believe that's, um, when I hear a story of, of a company or something, um, it changes things for me. Yes. And I immediately am like, I am your loyal customer. <laughs> I am your loyal person and I am there. And, um, so it does matter to me. Yes. Um, do you, can I ask, do you have, do you guys have your own personal experience with bullying or your children? Yeah, it's my husband has had had a lot of experiences when he was younger. Um, he had been bullied pretty horrifically bullied when he was quite young. He was, would have considered himself like a chubby kid where he had to sort of grow into his own skin. And so those younger years were really hard and kids found that as like a point to pick with him. And going through that was incredibly difficult. And he used humor to try to overcome the pain that he was feeling. He didn't know anything else. And so he used that humor. And pretty soon he started to kind of grow into his own skin and he started to feel like, okay, well, people are starting to accept me or like me. And then he watched it shift. And then he saw himself oftentimes in the seat of being the bully because he knew that in his, well, in his own mind, he had convinced himself that in order to hold that spot, on that social ladder, mm. if he didn't go along with everyone else or almost push that kid down to raise himself up a little bit, yeah. that he was going to lose his place. And it becomes, and we see this time and time again with kids, it actually becomes just a survival mechanism. Most kids, I, I innately believe that most kids don't wake up in the morning and think, who am I going to speak poorly to today? Who am I going to bully today? Kids are not thinking that. What kids are really thinking when they wake up in the morning is how am I going to survive today? How am I going to make it through? How am I going to win in my relationships? How am I going to keep my, my popularity? How am I going to gain popularity? They're looking for their place. They're looking, the very foundation of it is we're, we're all looking for it. It's belonging and it's connection. Yeah. It's what we're all striving for. And it's what our kids are looking for. And so oftentimes you'll see this. And I think we've seen it across the board that probably for all of us, we would all say at some point in our life, we have been bullied, we have bullied somebody else, or we have been a bystander to it. We've seen it happen and we've sat totally. back and we've not said a word. We've just let it happen in front of us. I think we've all sat in those seats. And that for me was my seat. I think I went to a private school. I had a really small class, like 25 kids. And there was one kid that was absolutely the target. I could tell you his name, his face. Like I can think back to almost every moment that I remember that I sat there and I watched those other boys in that class pull him down and rip him down. And I remember those thoughts of feeling like, if I say something, what will happen to me? Like, how will that affect me? And in my own self-protection and putting myself over his good, I sat there quietly and I let it happen in front of me. And so I think we all feel it. I think we've all mm -hmm. felt it. And I was on sitting on my couch one day and got that phone call that every parent doesn't want to get. And my middle son, he was in eighth grade and the guidance counselor was on the other end of the phone saying, Rebecca, I just want to let you know, you know, your son's had a bullying incident at school today and a child pushed him down in the hallway. And, you know, he, she said, I've sat down with your son. We've had a great conversation. And she said, 
actually, it was a little bit like talking to another guidance counselor. Could I ask why? And I said, well, let me tell you what we do. (laughs) But the power of what my son understood in that moment in his own eighth grade mind as he was struggling through all those things, he came home and I said, Toby, how are you? Are you okay, hon? And he said, mom, he goes, that wasn't about me. He said, I know that that boy was hurting. And I know that his actions toward me were about something that he was dealing with. And he said, so I just want to make sure that someone's reaching out to him and that someone's helping him. And I think when we start to understand the stories, and that's what this show does, is it tells the story. We tell the story of the bully. We tell the story of the bystander. We tell the story of a victim. We tell the story of the new girl in school who's just trying to find her way and trying to fit in. Got the prom queen, the all-star, just the one that doesn't quite fit, and then sort of everything in between we're very clear to make sure that this is a story about all of us. This isn't just a story about, hey, let's make bullies stop bullying. That's not what this is about. This is a story about us knowing, understanding, and seeing each other. Because when we see each other and we are willing to walk into someone else's story, that's when healing begins. And that's when bullying begins to end. Okay. I love it already because yes, um, anytime we zoom in, and understand that we are all doing what we are doing for a reason. Yes. It can help soften the, you know, taking it personal or making yep. it about us still hurts, um, yep. but it's not as painful. Um, okay. So I have to share, um, when you say your son was a part of that, of bullying, I've definitely experienced that. And I, you know, it's interesting when I check in with my girls after school, end of day, it's never about schoolwork or teachers. Mm-hmm. It is always about their friends or the people in school who are saying hurtful things. Yes. And I have two daughters who are, are really different from each other, but are becoming more and more each other's best friend. Mm. And, you know, my oldest gets bullied for the way she looks mm. and, you know, people touch, they grab, they do things because they, you know, she, so she now wears clothes to cover up and hide her body. She's wearing mm. sweats every day because she's like, I'm sick of people touching my butt or my boobs and telling me these like a different form of bullying, right? Yes. It's just sexual assault and, Absolutely. and saying things. And she's, she's like, I just don't know how to deal with it. I don't know what that feels like because I grew up, I did not have her body at all. So I was not approached like that. I was made mm-hmm. fun of for very different reasons Yep, that has stayed with me. You know, I used to not turn sideways because I hated my nose because everyone told me how ugly my nose was like the weird things yes. that stick with us you know yep. that I'm like finally in my 40s going guess what I don't care about my nose but mm-hmm. how long did it take me to get there yes remember those dumb words of of kids you know and we don't realize the impact of our words so um the interesting thing is my my oldest daughter has uh let's see where we were at something maybe the psychiatrist, we were at a psychiatrist. Um, and he said, what is the one thing that if, um, that makes you so angry, you could throw a chair across the room. Mm. And she said immediately, it's when someone's getting bullied. Wow. And he said, well, that's a good cause to throw a chair across the room. And we were there because she had just been suspended for school from school because she had seen two boys fighting and that they were so far, they were out on the football field. So they were far away from adults. And she said, I didn't have time to go find an adult. She stepped into the fight. Wow. He broke up the fight because she was a girl. So yeah. she's like, they're not going to hit me. Yep. Um, she stepped in between them 
but she hit back and pushed and said, yeah. stop bullying and leave him alone. And because of that, it's, you know, no tolerance, like yes. either side, it wasn't good. Yeah. Um, but we also were like, you did a really good thing. Could you yes. have done things a little different? Yes. But also you stood up for what you believed in. Yes. And you were protecting someone. Um, yes. but we still say, okay, now let's go deal with the consequences and, and yes. talk more about this. But, um, so I love hearing that it's all the different sides. It's the people who are passionate, like my daughter and like, I can't yes. handle this and I'm going to beat someone up because they're beating someone up. Um, and then the people like you and I, who sat on the side mm -hmm. and are like, I'm terrified to do anything yeah. and did nothing. Yeah. That was me for sure. That was me. It's, it is such a man. I, it's so funny. So many of the things that you're saying, it's bringing back for me. It was like my height and my nose too. Same thing. <laughs> like those words over and over and over again, over me. I, there was something I grew up on Long Island, something in the water. All the girls were like super short and the boys were super short. And then there was me like at five ten oh. in like seventh grade. I was like, uh, so it was not fun. And it doesn't. And that's the thing. I think, you know, almost, almost whether it's special needs or yeah. sexuality or it does, it almost doesn't matter. I mean, you can walk in just with the wrong t-shirt on that says the, yeah. wrong, you know, it doesn't matter. Kids target other kids for reasons we could, we could never understand. And you kids never know exactly what they're walking into. And one of the statistics that I recently learned um, is one by John Maxwell. It was one of his recent books. And he said that all it takes is for us to change 10% yeah. of, of a group to actually create a culture shift. And as we read that, we were reading through the book together as a team. And as we read that, we realized that that's why we've seen such drastic culture shift in schools. That's what would happen. And we would sometimes run into kids in the mall, <laughs> um, sometimes five years later, 10 years later, and they would recognize my husband because he would give the talk at the end. They'd say, oh, you're from that show, you're from that show. And so often they would say to him, man, I can tell you that I can still remember where I was sitting. I remember the characters. I remember the songs that were played. And they said, mm -hmm. our school was never the same again. He said, you could walk down the hallways and kids would tap each other on the shoulder and be like, hey, you can't say that. Remember the show. And that's how the kids lovingly know us is the show. That's what we're called. We're like, we'll be the show forever. That's totally fine. Uh -huh. But because it resonated with them and that's just it. We always say that many assembly programs, many groups go into schools and they really try and help the kids that are being bullied or talk to the, the kids that are bullying and try to get them to stop. We do both of those things. And those mm -hmm. things are incredibly important because we need to make sure that our kids that are walking through it know that there is help, that we, we need to get them talking. We need to get them talking and we need to keep them talking. That's one of the most powerful things we can do both as parents and inside our schools is we need to identify the kids that are most at risk and the kids that are really out of fear, probably unwilling to tell their story. And so oftentimes we find after the show is, has played that the guidance counselors will tell us that two, three, four mm -hmm. kids will just come streaming into their office and tell stories of things that have been happening for years that they were unwilling mm -hmm. to talk about. So that's important. But what's even more important and more powerful and what can actually change it for both of those sides is when that 60% that sits in the middle as a bystander mm -hmm. rises up and says, this is not going to happen anymore. Not on my watch. If even 10% of the 60% rise up and say, this doesn't happen anymore. Not on my watch. That's when we have a cultural shift in a school. And that's what we've seen time and time again through the power of speaking life, because that 10% says, 
I'm going to change my words. I'm going to change my actions. I'm going to change the way that I treat the people that I pass in the hallway that I sit next to. I'm going to invite that kid that I know sits alone in the classroom or sits alone in the cafeteria to sit at my table. Yes. It's the simple, simple actions that we can do that can literally drastically change the outcome of someone's life. And it's, it's so powerful. And it's, it's something that is so doable. And I think that we feel as parents, like you had mentioned, like, what, well, what do we do? I think as parents, we feel so helpless mm -hmm. for the eight hours that our kids are at school. Like when they're in our protection and they're in our home, we're like, okay, this is good. I can protect them to the best of our ability. We kind of know what's going on. We know what's happening around them. We know who they're with, but for those eight hours, it's, it's gotten scarier and scarier and scarier for us as parents. Well, and you add in the social media and yeah. the texting and there's so many yes. other ways that bullying is happening even outside of school yes. with classmates. And so I feel overwhelmed with the mm -hmm. amount of effort I have to do as a parent to teach my children all the different things. Yes. So anytime I can find a tool like speak life that like guides me and helps me educate my kids and empower them and me, I'm like, sign me up because I cannot do this alone. Yes. I can't go read a book and then be like, okay, hey, now I know exactly what to do. I also don't want to read a book and <laughs> do that. Like, yes. Show me, entertain me while you're at yep. it. How about that? Yep. Um, let's be honest. So that's for me, what works. I can be overwhelmed. I'm not going to be able to teach them about bullying every day, but I can do this. Yes. And we can have an ongoing discussion and check in with each other and those types of things. So what can, um, what, what can I do as a mother? What do you have for me? <laughs> yes. Well, that is probably the most exciting thing that actually was fully came out of our Susie school experience because I had the literal privilege of being in a room with 14 other amazing women who most, most of them were moms. And, yes. um, as we started to share as women, exactly what what you were just saying ashlyn about our struggles about what it is to raise kids in this day and age what what we're all experiencing and going through we had been kind of sitting there since the film had launched along alongside the film there is a five uh five lesson plans that the schools can incorporate everything lives inside a beautiful digital portal so our administrators who are completely overwhelmed since 2020 um doing the best that they absolutely can we just tried to create an easy button for them so the film can be shown in a classroom experience it can be shown in a big assembly experience whatever works best for that school um, and then these follow-up lesson plans are hour-long lesson plans that just allow the students to talk back and they're all incorporated into the music and the songs and the lyrics from the show they're actually called there's a section in every lesson called lyrics to life where the kids get to jump into the lyrics and get to tell their own stories and get to really dive into what does this make me feel like what is what are the experiences i've walked through the whole goal is to get our students talking and so as we thought about it, every school needs this tool. Every school needs this. And we're like, how do we let every school across the nation know that this tool is now available on a film? And as we sat in those room with those 14 incredible women, we're like, it's sitting right in front of us. Moms are the way. Moms are the way. They just, they're the way. And not, and dads, we are not excluding you because <laughs> dads are the way too. Like as yeah. parents, we have to do this together. But we know that moms are often involved in those very intricate day-to-day -day things going on in our, in, our, in our kids' lives. And oftentimes we're the ones who are ending up at the, at the meetings with principals and the administrators and the teachers and um, we're very involved. And I think that this is an opportunity for us as moms to walk into a school and not just say, 
to our teacher, to our principal, hey, I have some concerns. Yeah. Or do you know this is going on? Or do you know that this is what's happening on the phones outside of school? Instead of just walking in with the concerns, which we all have and are extremely valid and they need to know about, what if we brought those concerns with a solution? What if we said, listen, these are things are going on. I know that the school is doing the very best that they can. I know about something amazing that can be for the entire student body that has the proven history of creating real and true cultural shift within the schools so that this isn't just about a one day, one time assembly that will be gone from the kids' minds when it's over, but this is about the power of what music and story does when it actually imprints. And this is like, I've been talking to a neuroscientist lately who's been blowing my mind and telling me that this is exactly how our brain actually retains information, that the heart has to make an empathetic connection. And the fastest way for that to happen is through the power of music mm -hmm. imprints on our heart. And I think all of us can remember a song in a moment mm -hmm. in our lives where that song like is intricately, intricately connected to something that changed us, something that was an aha moment for us in our life, something that we will carry forever and it will be connected with that song. And so that's what we've really worked hard to do inside this program is connect these songs, weave them into these incredibly powerful storylines that are taken from real students and real stories that we've been told and bringing them to life in a way where the students will never forget what they saw on that screen, what they heard in that music and how those that powerful challenge that they can have their power back, that they can have their voice back. And as they do that and use their voice to speak life and their actions to speak life, they can give a voice back to those kids that don't have the strength and don't have the power yet back to do that for themselves. And so it becomes about us and it becomes about a community inside a school making a change. And that's when we see that everybody finds the healing, the kid that is hurting and maybe bullying because of it, the kid that's been bullied, and those that have sat back in fear as bystanders not knowing what to do. Yeah. And we talk to all of that. And now our moms can bring this program right into the schools. And so we are launching Mombasters actually this Friday. Like I'm oh, so excited that we're having this conversation right now. Okay. And not be a better time. And guess what? I have my my shirt Yay. all ready to go, my Mombassador shirt. So Yay. I'm I'm here. I'm here for it all. And I'm going to, it's even my color. So thank you. I love um, it. I love the pinkness. Um, so that I can help and, and make an impact. Um, I was part of a program to help empower kids and teach, I mean, it taught all the things. It wasn't yes. just bullying. Um, and I did that for years and donated my time and taught kids um, in Utah County. And I have stopped doing that about a year and a half ago um, when I was going through my own stuff. Like, hey, I don't yes. have time for this anymore. I can't yep. give. Um, but something like this is like, this is doable yes. for most of us as parents who I don't have a lot of time to go and sit yep. at school and donate my time anymore. Um, but this is my jam. I like this. Yes. I can do this. I can do. And it, so. and we're trying to make it extremely simple. I'm, I'm a busy working mom too. I mm -hmm. totally get it. Um, we're a double working household. Most families are now. And I think we all wish as moms and as dads that we could be at our schools, volunteering more, giving more. But this is a way that we can get involved by providing a solution, not just a problem to our to our schools. And we've kind of designed this in some really simple ways. So on Friday, when we launch, um, we are going to launch just a landing page. It'll be a simple landing page on our website. You can the link will be distributed through our social media. And we'll also have a Facebook group that moms can come into and join. 
And inside of that will be all the resources that you need in the most simple um, emails, videos, simple, simple things that you can either just shoot off an email to your principal, to your teacher, or if you're the kind of mom who's like, no, I'll get in there, I'll take that meeting, I'll talk to my principal, I'll talk to my teacher, we'll set you up for that meeting. We'll give you absolutely everything you need. In fact, we're even gonna give you a video that has the pitch on it, that pitches the program, that shows the trailer, um, there is a, a great film trailer. Usually once our principals and our teachers see that, they know oh, this is something different because yeah. this is just not something that most schools um, have access to. And so we'll give all the materials. And then another way that moms can get involved in spreading the word is through summer viewing parties. So we want to kind of gift moms with this film to say, hey, set up in your living room, set up in your backyard, throw up a, a, sh a white sheet in your backyard and throw some blankets out on the lawn. and show the film to your mom friends like make it a fun night pull out some great movie snacks and watch it together and talk together about how you can come together and take this program to your principals share it together i know there's so much power when as moms we link arms and say hey we're going to go together we're yeah. going to bring this to our principal together or i would say probably in any mom community you're probably representing a whole variety of schools within within your area. So by inviting other moms in, you're gonna give the opportunity for other schools to now hear about this through another mom. And so we want you to share it on your social media, share the viewing party, pop up the link so that all the moms that follow you can hop in and share it. And we'll also do some virtual viewing parties of the film. So if like you have a mom or a sister who's like in another state mm -hmm. and they can't come to yours, no problem. We're gonna host them online so they can see the film too. So we're gonna make it as easy <laughs> and also as fun as possible. So as moms, we can come together and support each other because i think mm -hmm. that's a huge part as parents to know that you're not alone in this we're all dealing with this i still have two boys that are in school and mm -hmm. it's daily it's yeah. daily well and you've made it so that it, it sounds like there's so many different options that we can make it happen um and it's really interesting i something stood out to me that i want our listeners to understand is that you said you can share this on social media so that the people who follow you can i think people forget the power of trust mm -hmm. with the people in your circle. So yes. a lot of people think like, I'm not going to share that podcast. I'm not going to share that, you know, trailer or whatever, because I don't have an influence. I'm not an influencer or I don't have thousands of followers, but guess what? Maybe you have 50 mm -hmm. that really know who you are and they trust your opinion. And you're saying, Hey, this is worth watching. Yes. That can be more impactful than someone like me. Who's an influencer saying, Hey, this is what matters to me. Yes. Sometimes people don't trust that because yep. they don't know me. Right. Yes. And so there is power in your words as parents in the things that you share on your social media. Yeah. And that's why we think that moms are who should bring this to the schools. Because if I walk up to any given school, if it's not my son's school, they don't know who I am. They may think, oh, well, they're trying to sell me something. I have lots of people who come here and try and say they can help yep. us end bullying and help us do all these things. But if it's something you believe in, if it's something, if you watch this film and you're like, I believe in this, I believe in this program, and you walk into your principal, you have a power that I will never have yeah. in your community, in your school. And when you do that, this has kind of become our sort of mission statement for Ambassadors is that this is a way that we can empower you with an end bullying solution where you can impact more kids than just your own. Like how powerful is that? To know that I can do something that doesn't just help my boys, doesn't just help them get through every day in that school, but I know that all their peers that are also struggling, I can make a difference in their lives too. And our goal 
is that by this October, so October is Bullying and Violence Prevention Month, um, typically schools, it, some of the questions moms usually ask us is, do schools have funds for this? What does it cost? All of those things. We will help answer all those questions for your school, so don't worry about any of those things. Schools actually have this built into their budgets. In fact, they actually have to spend money on programs like this. And because our program doesn't just address bullying directly, it addresses all of the things that surround bullying, because bullying is really an after effect of all the other things mm -hmm. that are going on in kids' lives. So mental health is a big one in our day and age, especially post-2020, um, that kids are struggling with. And that's something that is hugely addressed. We, we address suicide. We address eating disorders. We address divorce. We address all of it inside this program. And so this is something that schools actually have a checklist that they have to have programs that address these things that come through. So don't be fearful that the schools won't have funds because nine times out of 10, they do. And when they don't, possibly the power of your mom community, this is not an expensive program. Mm -hmm. Just a few families coming together, hosting a fun viewing party or event night could be the funds raised for that school to bring that program in. So we want to make sure that there's no fear around approaching. I want you to walk in there feeling like the empowered women that you are right. with something that you know is a true solution, something that you can know truly can change something because you have a power in your school that I don't have. Okay. It's your so, power and it's your so voice. They can go to your website. They mm -hmm. can find that Facebook page um, yes. after Friday yes. and join there and get the information that you're talking about. Yes. Yes. And if they join us on Instagram, we're in our Facebook, but Facebook for businesses doesn't really give you as much on the day to day, like doesn't show up in your feed. But if you join us on Instagram at Speak Life the Musical, um, we're going to have daily um, updates going on all week long as we move toward the launch. And then the link will be available as of Friday. And then we'll open up the Facebook group right at the same time. So you can jump on in there and all the resources will be available. Great. And I'll have the links in our show notes for those of you who are listening. You can just click even right now and it still, you can still listen to the podcast. So, um, I have one last question for you, yeah. Rebecca. I am a big believer in, uh, facing our storms yes. and that's kind of the message of this anyway. Um, so what is your most recent be the Buffalo moment? Well, I mentioned it right in the very beginning that my personal story is a 30 year journey with chronic illness. Um, I spent 17 years hunting for my diagnosis when I started losing my neurological function. I was wheelchair and bed bound for almost a full decade of my life. Um, and in between all of that, fought every symptom under, under the sun from being mute and paralyzed and um, almost anything you could imagine. I showed up to multiple schools in a wheelchair, um, many days having to just sit in the back very quietly while we watched our team do their thing. But I was determined that this was not going to a take my life because I was a mom and I had three boys that I, I had to live for. There was no question that I had to survive this. And I spent a lot of years kind of fighting those waves, those heavy, heavy, heavy waves that were coming at me and, and wishing that I wasn't in the storm, wishing I had a different life, wishing it could be easier, wishing all those things. And I look back at those years where I just let the waves pound me but I didn't do anything proactively to try to change it. And I saw how it just, it pulled my spirit down. It pulled me down mentally. It didn't allow me to see the power that was within me to rise up against this giant storm that I was facing. And I would say about a year and a half into my first season of being just fully bed down and we had to actually stop doing the show. We had to stop touring. I had to lay everything down. Um, it was like, I woke up one day and said, you know what? I have two choices here. 
I can sit and I can wallow and I can cry that I've you know, lost my ability to be in schools. I've lost my ability to walk, to take my kid to preschool, to, to do the normal things every mom gets to do. I can sit and I can cry and I can be upset and I can say why. Or I can look the storm dead in the face and say, you will not beat me and I will fight you every day until I have the power to stand again, to walk again, to take care of my kids again, to stand in a school again and to fight for those kids again. And I have fought the battle of my life for the last four years. About four years ago, I almost lost my life to it. And there was one more treatment left and it was going to be a treatment that for two years was going to beat me up bad. And I remember looking at my husband and saying, I don't know that I can do this. But I said, when I look in the eyes of those three boys, I'll do one more thing. I'll do it again. And so I did the treatment. It was the hardest two years of my life. But I sit here today as a full-time working mom, fully functioning, fully walking, fully being able to sit here and talk to you. I don't take any one of those things for granted. And now getting this big dream that's been in our heart for years of launching this program into schools in a way that every school can have it. And I would just say, no matter what your storm is, I mean, Ashlyn, you are the perfect picture of this. You have already taught me so much through your story. Like, do not let it take you down. Stand and rise in the power that you know is within you. Link arms with like-minded people who will walk with you because I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for those people and fight and don't fight don't stop fighting until you win because you're going to win and there's going to be another side and it's coming that brighter day is coming so keep fighting for it because this is the best season of my life and i'm so Mm -hmm. thankful that i stayed in the fight i'm so thankful i love that and i love hearing see this is it like you hear someone's story you're just like oh i love you rebecca um but I imagine you had zero hope yeah. in the future. And to hear you say like, this is the best. It is. And I feel the same way of my, you know, my life on paper is messy and I'm like, but I'm also living my best life and yes. I'm so happy. So you just never know it's, it's intentional and mindful and being proactive and yes, and really fighting for what we know, what we need to know we deserve. Yeah. So Thank you for sharing that personal story and for sharing your passion um, to help other people. So again, check the show notes. You can get more info on how to get in touch with Rebecca's company. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Ashlyn. Thank you. Thanks for being here with me today. Whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes, or you can share on social media or shoot me an email. It offers me your support without you having to spend a dime or much of your time. Until next time, be the buffalo.